Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 49 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. Today, we're going to pray for Israel because you see, my friend, God commands his blessings on those who pray for the peace of Israel. And there are actually several reasons why every Christian daily should be praying for Israel. You see, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. You see, all the way back, to the very beginning of the story. God commanded his blessing on those who bless Abraham. And this theme continues throughout scripture as he blesses those who bless the remnant thereof. But there is a deeper reason why we should be praying for Israel that goes beyond the fact that it pleases the Lord and brings a blessing upon those who do it. And that is the reality that praying for Israel hastens the return of Christ because you see the Bible makes it very clear that God allowed the Jews to reject Christ that the Gentiles might be brought in but within that was a commission given because in the end Christ will not return again until that his family has been brought back in in Matthew chapter 23 verse verse 37 as Jesus approached Jerusalem That final time, knowing that he would soon be crucified, he cried and wept over Israel. And he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stoneth them which are sent unto thee, how oft would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chicks under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, Ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. This is a prophetic word that Jesus was giving before the crucifixion. He knew that they were going to kill him, that he had been sent unto them to save them, to gather them under his wing like a hen protects her chicks and cares for them. But he didn't end it there. He left this prophetic word. That from this time forward, because that he was going to be crucified, that they would not see him again until the time that they acknowledged him as king. So before the end comes and the Lord can return, Israel must repent, acknowledge him, and cry out for their king. This theme is repeated many times throughout the Bible, even in Old Testament prophecies. In the book of Hosea, for example, where God makes it very clear that Israel will go through a time of deep trial and tribulation. And when things get so bad that they have to cry out, they will acknowledge that they were wrong and exalt him 
as the Messiah, at which point he shall return. But for time's sake, I'm going to bring you to just one place where I believe it is laid out so very clearly and should drive every Christian daily to pray for the salvation of Israel. And that is in the book of Romans chapter 11, starting in verse 11. Remembering that the apostle Paul was both Jewish and Roman, he had a love for the Jewish people, but yet was he sent unto the Gentiles. So in this place where he was trying to build that bridge, he gives us this very clear explanation of what was, what is, and what is to come concerning the nation of Israel. And he says, I say then, have they, speaking of Israel, stumbled that they should fall? Because you see, the Bible says that unto the Jews, Jesus was a stumbling block of offense. They were offended that he would claim to be their king because they were looking for a great military leader. They wanted someone who would take away the Roman occupation and set them up in an earthly kingdom. As Jesus said, they did not mind spiritual things. Jesus wasn't coming to be an earthly king. He was coming to dethrone powers and principalities. Therefore did they stumble at him. And my friend, I tell you with all assurity that the reason the Jews missed Jesus is because they were expecting him to come as a lion, but he came as a lamb. And the reason many Christians are going to miss Jesus when he returns in the end is because they're expecting him to come back as a lamb. But this time he's coming as a lion. My friend, it's time that we learn how to discern the times and the seasons and the reasons for the seasons that we might know what is the mind of God. And so he speaks about Israel and he says, have they stumbled? That they should fall. God forbid. They did not stumble at Christ that they should be forever put away. No. But rather, through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles. That because they have rejected their king, we have had an opportunity to step into sonship. That the whole world might come to know the Christ. But there is a reason that God did this. Because you see, it says that through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke Israel to jealousy. My friend, as a Christian, we ought be living such powerful, godly lives that it might provoke others to desire to walk therein. We need to walk in all of the power and authority that the blood of Jesus affords us, walking in gifts, signs, wonders, miracles, perfect love, compassion for the lost. We need to reflect Christ in this earth that others might see it and know that something is different, something is supernatural, something is powerful, something is uncommon about this person. I want to know what it is and I want to walk therein. I love it when the Pharisees looked upon the early apostles and it says they knew that these were ignorant and unlearned men. There was nothing special about them. They were not educated. They didn't have theological degrees. They didn't have great money or prestige. They didn't have pomp or platform. They didn't have all of the props and the flash. They didn't have fancy things. They didn't have nice robes and sparkling rings, but they saw that they spoke with a 
authority and that through them the greater things of the kingdom of heaven were manifested and they said they knew that they must have been with Jesus. My friend, I'm telling you, it's time for a people to rise up that are so humble and loving and powerful and steadfast in their faith and sure in the word of the Lord that move in great power and authority that when the lost look upon them, they can only say they must have been with Jesus. My friend, this is our commission so that the whole world may know that he truly is God and no other. And in doing so, were we meant to provoke others, including Israel, to long to belong to the Lord. It continues to say, and if the fall of Israel be the riches of the world, in other words, because that they rejected Christ, the rest of the world was able to receive him as Messiah. And the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. For I, Paul, speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. Paul was telling them that I am the apostle to the Gentiles and I am driven to preach the gospel to the Gentiles that they might walk in the fullness that has been offered by Christ. But I do it because I love my fellow countrymen because he was part Jewish. He says, I do it that they might see the manifestation of the glory of God through you, that they might see that he really was the king and some of them be saved. Paul loved his fellow countrymen. Paul was a Pharisee himself before he was saved by the grace that was poured upon him because that he had put his faith in Jesus Christ as the risen Messiah and King of all the earth. But Paul also knew that this was the end game, that God's desire was to bring all men in to the family of God. And so because that Israel had rejected so that the rest of the world might accept him, so did he realize that when it all came full circle and the rest of the world came back to evangelize the lost of his kinsmen, then would the end be because the fulfillment of all things would be complete because listen to the words that he says he says for if the casting away of israel be the reconciling of the world what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead the resurrection my friend the reason that the church ought be praying for the salvation of israel daily is because when you do, you hasten the return of Christ. Because he told Jerusalem that he would not come back until they acknowledged him as Lord. The passage continues, he says, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. The first fruit being Jesus Christ, of course, and the lump being Israel. For if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, some of the branches that are broken off being those of Israel that did not believe, and thou, the Gentiles, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root, the root being Jesus, that root of David, and fatness of the olive tree, the fatness being the blessings and the promises given to Abraham, 
We are all partakers of the promises, provisions, and blessings that God gave to Abraham because that we have been adopted in. We have been grafted in to his family. But Paul continues to give a warning to those wild branches that are grafted into this original tree. He says, but boast not against the branches. Don't think yourself mightier or more important or more special than the original tree. Because if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. In other words, if you boast and think that you are more important than what you're really declaring is that you are what's special and not the root. When in actuality, it's the root, the root of David, the King, Jesus Christ, who bears us, not us, who bears him. He has accepted us in. He has given us away. All power, hope, authority, salvation, deliverance, kingship, sonship, hope of salvation, it all comes from Jesus. And we've got to remember that. He is the root. There are many branches. Some natural, some grafted in, but we all draw our strength and our power from him. Paul continued to warn the Romans that it was because of unbelief that they were broken off. And we stand by faith because we do believe in Jesus as the Messiah. But be ye not high-minded, but rather fear. For if God spared not the natural branch, take heed lest he also spare not the... Paul is giving a staunch warning here that the church needs to be reminded of. He's saying, don't be high-minded and think that you are guaranteed a place in this tree just because he cut off the old branch to graft you in. He said, but rather it ought to make you fearful, knowing that if he was willing to cut off the natural branch because of unbelief, how much more willing will he be to cut you off the wild grafted branch if you fail to continue to believe the words that he is speaking? Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but towards thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. My friend, I give you this warning. We must abide. We must abide. We must continually seek his face and surrender and submit by the power of his grace to the words that he has to say because when you stop you stop believing you stop moving in faith and you will be cut off if he was willing to cut off the natural branch how much more is he willing to cut off the graft but if we abide if we draw from that root if we daily seek him if, if we reach for him in that place of prayer in reading the word and trusting what he had to say and what he continually says to us it says he will he will pour goodness out upon us but we must continue in his goodness otherwise it says thou also shalt be cut off and they also if they abide not still in unbelief shall be grafted in if they are brought to belief if they are brought to faith in the saving grace of Jesus Christ they can immediately be grafted back into that tree and my friend Jesus is not coming again until this happens in great measure so we need to pray for the peace of Israel that we may hasten the day of the coming of the Lord 
For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature, into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own concepts. In other words, unless you should be conceited. Paul is saying, I am letting you know the truth. That Jesus truly is the king of the Jews. And that at large, they did not receive their king, but the Gentiles did. They believed. And so they were grafted in because of faith. But in the same way, can any of the natural branches be made alive again by being grafted in to the root? And how easily should they take to it being part of that natural olive tree? So, my friend, remember to pray for the peace of Israel. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own concepts, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until, get this, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, and so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sin. My friend, I tell you again, we need to pray for the salvation of Israel because it hastens the day of the coming of the Lord. God has made a way for all the world. To have a chance to be grafted in to the blessings of Abraham. God has made a way for every tribe, tongue, nation, and people to acknowledge him as the true God, the Messiah, the King, the Holy and Anointed One. To worship him as such. To believe by faith and grab hold of the grace, the power of the living God. To be filled with his spirit because in actuality what God calls family is not so much blood as it is spirit. When we have his spirit, when we are led of his spirit, he calls us the sons and daughters of God according to scripture. He changes our blood. He gives us new blood. He gives us Jesus' blood. That's why we have to have the blood of Jesus. So what blood you had, what background you had does not matter. What matters is what spirit you're being led by. This is why when Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and they kept telling him that they were Abraham's children and he kept telling them they were not. Though they had the right blood, they had the wrong spirit. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do what Abraham did and you would listen to what I say and believe. He said, you are not the children of Abraham. You are of your father, the devil, because they had the same blood, but they didn't have the same spirit. We must walk in the unity of the spirit of the living God. We must receive the blood of Jesus Christ. We must all become one in Christ by the power of that blood and the leading of his spirit. Because God wants a family, but not just any family. He wants his family. Those who are led by his spirit. Those who will trust him. Those who have the faith of faithful Abraham. Which brings us to our last point. The reason that the church should pray daily for the salvation of Israel is because that when you pray for Israel, you actually pray 
for the church and for yourself by proxy because that we have been grafted in, but not only because of that. Because God says that the children of Abraham are not those who claim it on the outside, but those who have the faith of it on the inside. In Galatians 3, verse 26, it says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is now neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, but ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. God leveled the playing field. He brought it back all the way to Abraham because you see the reason that God counted Abraham his friend was for one reason because he listened to his voice and obeyed it. He had faith in the words that God had to say and God made it very clear. I'm bringing it back to the very beginning. It's not about what blood you have. It's not about your past. It's not about the clothes you wear or your nationality. It is about your faith. Because that's what it's always been about. Abraham was saved by faith. Therefore, if you have the faith of faithful Abraham and believe the words that God has to say, does God consider you to be a child of Abraham grafted in by that faith? Therefore, are you spiritual Israel? So when you pray for the peace of Israel, you pray for the blessings on Israel. When you pray for salvation over Israel, you are praying Not only for physical Israel, but you're praying for spiritual Israel, which is the church and yourself by proxy. In Galatians chapter three, verse five, it says, he therefore that ministereth to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when the word of God speaks, we have to stand in faith on what he says. It's never been about the law. It's always been about faith. When he spoke the law, you had to have faith in what he said. It was still an issue of faith. It was never about the law. Abraham had faith because God spoke. He heard it and Abraham had faith in it. He believed what God had to say. And so even now he's saying those that work miracles around you and walk in the power of our Christ, are they doing it by the workings of the law or by the hearing of faith because they heard a word from the Lord and they believed it and obeyed it? And signs, wonders, and miracles followed them because they believed. It continues to say, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. This is what it's always been, my friend, from the beginning to the end. Humble yourself, seek God, hear him, and believe it. And by faith, you shall receive it. Even as Abraham believed, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. This was God's plan from the beginning, my friend. It's always been that he might bring the whole world back in to the family of God. So from the beginning, this was God's plan. 
and it got misunderstood. But right here, is it clarified for all eternity? Listen what God is saying. It was preached unto Abraham, saying that in thee shall all the nations of the world be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. If you continue to read the chapter, it literally says that when God blessed Abraham's seed, he said seed in a singular form and not in a plural form. And so it is clarified that when he says that all the world will be blessed by your seed, that the promise was unto Abraham's seed. This passage clarifies that it's speaking specifically of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus is the seed of Abraham because Jesus obeyed God's voice just like Abraham. When we believe God's words and promises by faith and receive Jesus, we put on Jesus and take in his spirit. Then we are in Christ and he is in us and he is the seed. So now the seed is in us. Then by the power of his pure and holy spirit and the anoint and the atonement of the blood are we brought back into communion with the Father. We are reconciled unto him and made able to hear his voice personally again. Because of the atoning of the blood, we're able to hear that voice again. And because of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we are given the power or grace to obey what he has to say. And as we do, it is counted unto us for righteousness because that is the faith that Abraham had to hear, believe, and obey the voice of God. When you do this, the blessings and promises of Abraham's will apply to you. So that in Romans 2 verse 28, it says, For he is not a Jew, which is outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outwardly in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So again, I tell you, my friend, that because we have been grafted in to Abraham, because that we have walked in the faith of faithful Abraham, when you pray for the peace and the blessings of Israel, you pray for yourself, for the church. But when you pray for the salvation of the nation of Israel, you pray for the hastening of the return of Christ because it has always been God's desire that all should come and abide and be grafted in to the root of David. My friend, it was about Abraham. It's not about a blood. It's not about a people. It's not about nationalities. It's not about all these divisions. It's about God and the man, Abraham, who was willing to believe him, to trust him, to have faith in the words that he said. And because of it, God blessed him and said, through your seed, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And I'm giving you these promises and I'm giving you this covenant and it will be given unto your seed. But it was a singular word. It was given unto Jesus Christ. And through Christ can all the world come to believe and receive that seed that we may all have it within us, that we may all be counted of the family of faithful Abraham, the family of God. God's desire has always been to bring everyone in, but he's got a special place in his heart for the land of Abraham's inheritance. 
And I think that as Christians, we tend not to even think about evangelizing those who are Jewish by nationality because we have this mindset that they already know the truth. We think of them as the biblical patriarchs and the characters in our Bible. But my friends, the nation of Israel needs a revival because the majority reject Christ as the Messiah. Therefore, are they lost or they cut off and they need to be grafted back in again, just like we were. So today we're going to pray for the salvation of physical Israel. And we're going to pray for the protection, provision, blessing, and peace of spiritual Israel. We're going to pray for the family of God. Lord, we know your word says that you command your blessings on those who pray for the peace of Israel. So we come together today with one mind and one accord in unity of the spirit in agreement with your spirit, with your will, with your desire, with your word. Because the Bible says that if we pray anything according to your will, you will hear us. So we know that your ear is attentive to this prayer this morning. God, we pray for the salvation of physical Israel, Lord. We pray for the nation of Israel, God, that they would come to know you in a true way, that they would recognize you for who you are and believe every word that you had to say. God, we come together in agreement and we petition you to move mightily with revelatory power upon the people in this very hour to bring them to salvation that it may hasten the day of your coming God because the bride cries and we desire to have you here with us Lord we desire to be near to where you are but Lord we know that you're waiting for this thing that they've got to recognize that you truly are the king so God we pray that you bring it about by whatever means necessary Lord and we know what that means but nevertheless, let it be. Lord, we pray for blessings and for peace upon spiritual Israel, which is your church, your people, your bride, whether they be Jew, Gentile, male, female, free, bond. We are all one in Christ. We are the same that through Christ, through the blood of Jesus, we all have the spirit of God, which is what you truly consider family. One blood, one spirit, the blood of Jesus Christ and him only and the spirit of a living God indwelling us, leading us, guiding us, directing us empowering us that we might walk in the fullness of our God. We thank you, God, that you made a way that we might be grafted in, whether we are Jew or Gentile, Lord, we all have to be grafted in because that we could not be part of that branch before and because those who could be rejected it, it leveled the playing ground. It gave everyone the necessity to be grafted in. So, Lord, I thank you that you made a way for us and we pray that you make a way for them. God, we love you and we praise you. We give you thanks for who you are, for the beauty of your plan and the perfection of it. Lord, that you want all men to be brought into the family of God, that it is not your will that any should perish, but that all should be brought to repentance, God. So we pray for a wave of repentance. We pray that the church repent, God. We pray that the heathen repent, God. We pray that Israel repent, God. We pray that the whole world would fall on their face before you and we know that they will one day but God we pray that they do it before then before it is too late 
God, we pray for peace. We pray against all of the conflicts that take place. God, we pray against the manipulation of the enemy that works in high places to pit people and nationalities against each other. It is manipulation, it is control, it is witchcraft, it is an operation of the Antichrist spirit. It is confusion and we stand against it in the name of Jesus. God, we pray that the blinders be removed, that the eyes of the understanding of God's people would be opened, that they would see the tactic of the enemy. God, I pray it for the church too. God, I pray it for everyone. I pray it for the church. I pray that people stop being so easily led by men and manipulated by demons and that they would get on their face and seek the Lord God Almighty, humble before you, hear a word from heaven, and like Abraham, believe it. That they might be counted the seed, the true seed, the true Israel, the true family of God, the true church. There's always been a remnant, Lord, and there will always be a remnant, but we pray that you grow the remnant, that you strengthen the remnant, that you empower the remnant, Lord, that you give revelation to the remnant of who they are, of what their purpose is in the earth, Lord, that you protect them, that you bless them, and that you bring peace to them. And God, I know that there will be no peace upon this earth until you return. Nevertheless, do we pray for the peace of Israel because in doing so, we pray for the return of Christ. God, we are calling out to you today and we are praying for your return. We are praying, Lord, that eyes be opened before that day. We are praying, Lord, for revelation. We are praying for the fullness of time. God, we are praying for the salvation of the nations. God, we are praying for a wave of revelation. Oh God, I pray that the blinders be open. God, we pray in unity right now that you break the spell that has been placed over the mind of the people, this lulling, this sleepiness, this confusion, this cloudiness. God, I pray that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, break it off of that nation of Israel and break it off of the church, Lord, because to some measure I see it in both places. God, because it is a tactic of the enemy against your chosen. I command that spirit of blindness and of deafness to break in the name of Jesus. Let people see with their spiritual eyes and let them hear with their spiritual ears. Let them learn to discern what is of the Lord and what is of the enemy. Release, God, the spirit of truth upon the people and the nations. Release a wave of revelation. God, show them your word. Help them to see it and to understand it and to believe what they have heard that they might move in faith faith, that they might carry the seed of Abraham, that they might be counted righteous like him. God, I pray for faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God, give us ears to hear. I pray for the deafness to cease. I pray for spiritual ears to be opened today all over this nation and all over the world and all over Israel and all over the church. I pray for spiritual ears to be opened now in the name of Jesus. It's time for the people to hear the truth. It's time for the people to be attentive to the voice of the master. It's time for the sheep to stand at attention because the shepherd is calling. It's time for an awakening. It's time for a positioning. It's time for a generation to stand up 
and know who their God is and what they have been placed here to do. Because let me tell you something, my friend, from the beginning, the commission has always been go out into all the world and tell them. Even from the time of Moses, God's original plan for Israel was to make them a national priesthood, a nation of priests who would go out into all the world and bring people under the kingship of God who was always meant to be the king of Israel. Before Israel ever had a king, it was set up in a manner that God was their king and they were to go out and bring all other nations into alignment with that reality. But they failed at their mission because instead of being the influence, they were constantly being influenced. And so Christ came and he changed things. He made a way for us all to be brought into the priesthood. He made a way that we might all become part of his kingdom and might all be priests in it. Therefore, did he get his national priesthood, his kingdom of priests, whose job and commission still is to go out into all the world and tell them about God and bring them into the family of God that all might make him king. He is king, king, Jesus king of all the world and he is coming again to rule and reign and we want to be with him but he wants all with him he is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance therefore does he tarry he tarries he tarries he's waiting on salvations it is every christian's job to evangelize it is every believer's job to be a witness to demonstrate to lead others to Christ. Because every time we do so, we get one step closer to the return, to the reward, to the rest. So God, we pray today for a newfound commitment to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with every life that we might all be found a pure and spotless bride at your returning. So God, we pray for the salvation of the nations, all men brought into the family of God and Israel, not among the least of them, because it is your heart's desire to be accepted by them. My friend, we all know what it's like to want to be accepted by those who we have been rejected. I can't say that I've ever rejected Christ. I've known him my whole life and I know that he loves me. And he appreciates that. But I know what it's like to be rejected. And so I know that there is something in the heart that longs to be accepted by those of whom you have been rejected. It doesn't mean that Christ loves me any less. But because I love him, I will pray for them that have rejected him. That he might have that peace, that joy that longing fulfilled, that heart desire to be accepted by those who once rejected. I will pray for the salvation of Israel until the day the Lord returns, because I know that this is pleasing to my King. So Lord, we bring this offering, praises to our King, and prayers for all nations. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play. 
or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.